Well, good morning. morning. Definitely like to thank Brother Foster for those wonderful song selections. And uh, thank you as well. The voices sounded wonderful this morning. Um, But as I look on the crowd, I I can't help but notice that we got several people out today. And partly due to whatever's in the air. you know, several of our brothers, Brother uh, May is out, um, you know, has been dealing, battling with some issues and uh, the flu is going around. Uh, Brother Knight has the flu and Brother Reggie. Uh, I'm dealing with the last end, hopefully the ending of this sinus infection, flu, SARS, whatever it is, uh, but it's going around. So um, continue to keep us in prayer. Uh, those that are under the weather, uh, that they can be with us at the next appointed time. But God is good. God is is so awesome. You know, it was just storming, uh, not even probably 12 hours ago. I mean, the wind was going sideways, the rain was sideways, and all that. And now we look outside, the sun is shining, and uh, it's a beautiful day. And it's even more beautiful because you all are here. And good to see y'all's beautiful faces which always makes things a lot better. Um, You know, but just continue to keep us in prayer. Uh, You know, we are blessed. We are truly blessed. And this is the second Sunday uh, of a whole new year, uh, of a new decade, 2020, second Sunday of the year. And I would imagine that some of you made resolutions even last year in 2019 that uh, you will be more committed to God, that you would uh, build upon your spirituality, uh, that you would become stronger Christians, that you would be more diligent and attending worship on Sunday, Wednesday night. And then you came into this year, the same resolution, right? <laughs> well, some did. Some, yeah, I noticed some that were here last Sunday didn't make it this Sunday. But nonetheless, God is good. And we need to be grateful. You know, we, if we talk about the sickness and guarantee you, if you look back on last year, you all were sick last year. You look back on last year, you all had bills last year. You look back on last year, you had some car problems last year. You, know, you, you look back on last year, there was somebody that got on your nerves at work and all those things. Right. But thank God he got you through all those things. And we have a lot to be thankful for. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you today about is about gratitude. This is a lesson that I've brought out before, but I thought it would be a good time to uh, bring this out again, uh, because we need to make sure that we are showing God the gratitude that he deserves. We need to be thankful. I mean, God's grace is, is more than sufficient. No matter what we go through in this world His grace is more than sufficient. If we don't live another day, what he has already blessed us with, we should show our gratitude for what has already been done. So today I want to speak to you a little bit on a show of gratitude. You know, looking at the passage, uh, read in 2 Corinthians into your reading, but I want to start from uh, 2 Samuel chapter 12 beginning at verse 1. And it reads, and, and, and the Lord, and let, uh, let me put a little disclaimer out there too. I noticed it when I was in Sunday school. Um, you know, my head is still a little cloudy. So 
So, so hopefully my reading is okay this morning. Uh, but bear with me. Second, uh, Second Samuel chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. And the Lord sent uh, Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks of her and herds. So he had many, many cattle. But the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb. So he had one little old lamb. That's all this poor man had, which he had bought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children and did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. So needless to say, he cared for this little old lamb. I could just imagine I mean, they didn't have much, but then you have this rich man that had all this exceeding more than what he needed. But then in verse four, it says, and there came a traveler unto the rich man and he uh, spared to take his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was common to him, but took the poor man's little old lamb and dressed it for the man uh, that was content to dress it, killed the lamb, cooked it up for the man that was just passing through. That's, that's pretty low down. That, that's pretty, pretty low down. Verse five, and David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Now, David, right, rightfully so. I mean, we all know who David is, right? You know, David had, you know, he, he had many, many riches. You know, great in battle. And then verse 7, and Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Now, when you get back to, to, to verse uh, to chapter twelve in this, you know this is just right after David had uh, just defeated the Amorites, and uh, you know God had given him over to you know giving them Israel and Judea and all these things. But then, what happened in verse eleven, uh, chapter eleven, is David decided to put his eyes upon this lady called Bathsheba. And he liked what he saw. But Bathsheba was actually married. So David had the husband killed. So at this point, God was not satisfied, was not happy with what David had done. And actually, uh, continuing on in, in verse 8 and following in that in chapter 12, you know, it's saying that you know, David, God would have given you anything you would have asked for. He, he just gave you all this land, all, you know, Israel, Judea, all this. If, you would have, if it wouldn't have been enough, he would have, you just could have asked. He would have given you anything. But yet you have done this thing and God was displeased with him. So I can just imagine, you know, that God has blessed David in abundance. I, I look at us and God has blessed us in abundance. When you got up this morning, 
Yeah, you, or even got your clothes out last night. You, you, you know, you looked in your closet and like, yeah, do I want to wear this? Do I want to wear that? You had to make a decision of what you wanted to wear. And then when you got up this morning, you, yeah, do I feel like eating cereal? Do I want some toast? Do I want some bacon, eggs? You know, do I want to stop by McDonald's? You had a choice. God has blessed us in abundance. Man. And actually last night when you slept, really, you could have chose one room or the other to even go sleep in. You could have chose one side of the bed or the other side, one pillow or the other. Probably had five, six pillows on your bed. God has blessed us in abundance. And, but sometimes we don't look at those blessings as what they are. We look at the things that are hindering us. We look at our jobs and we just, God, I don't feel like getting up, going to work tomorrow. But God has blessed you with a way for income so that you can pay to keep your lights on. Amen. But do you look at it in a sense of gratitude that God is blessing me in abundance? And I am so thankful, God, that you've given me the strength to get up in the morning to go to work. I, I thank you, God, so much for, you know, I, I stayed up a little later than what I should have last night to watch whatever TV show, but you woke me up. I should be grateful enough to say I'm going to get to Sunday school this morning. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but what is our gratitude? Are we showing the gratitude that we should have? God has truly blessed us in abundance. Amen. You know, Matthew 11 and 28, it says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God loves us. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares upon him. For he cares for you. Psalms 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Isaiah 40 and 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run. They shall not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh, man, I tell you, as, as a Christian, we are so blessed. God's grace and his mercy, oh, it is so awesome. And we have so much to be grateful for. I mean, no matter what we're going through in life, we have help. Not only did he say that he, he, he's given us help uh, through his word, but we have one another to help admonish one another as we're going through this thing. He's put the church together for a reason, Amen. for us to help one another out. He didn't leave us comfortless. But God loves us so much. But one of the things that he has blessed us with, I mean, one of the foremost blessings that is Jesus Christ himself. You know, that he gave his only begotten son so that we who were in sin may have right to eternal life. That is so awesome. Giving his only begotten son that he loved so dearly. You can't ask for any, anything beyond that. So not only did he bless us with his son, but he has blessed us with the word. The, the, uh, the word became flesh. He has given us uh, Jesus. And not only that, but do we also have the word because the word actually gives us instruction on what, what we must do to make it into heaven. So with that instruction, that is so, so paramount, so precious of a gift that we have. All we have to do is obey it. And not only that, but God has blessed us with time. Now, every breath that we breathe, it's an opportunity that we can get things right with him. We may have messed up in the past, but guess what? You're here now. Amen. You're breathing now. You may have sinned yesterday, the day before, but guess what? We have the avenue of repentance. Amen. 
And we only have that because we have a little time. So what do we do with the time that we have? Are we grateful for the time that we have? Now, I just said this last year, I know that you made a resolution and you wanted to do better, but we're in a new year. We're in a new year. New time. The clock kind of started over again. What are we going to do with the time that we have? Time is this soul precedent. You know, everybody that was uh, alive this time last week is not alive today. We know that. We know that. So time is precious. But just look a little bit at this time. So there's 24 hours a day and there's seven days a week, right? So we got 168 hours in one week. That's a lot of hours. 168 hours. And that's the thing. Time is constant. You know, a second is a second. A minute is a minute. It doesn't matter if it was 2,000 years ago. Still, as you get older, that time seems a little shorter. <laughs> seems like time is flying, but it's still the same. Which is still, uh, that, that baffles me. I mean, I don't want to get onto that, but I mean, just thinking how the sun is there and, and everything in the universe is revolving around something that has been, I mean, just burning and burning with fervent heat for all these years. And it hadn't burned up. And we are in orbit going around and around all these years. And we hadn't got any closer. We hadn't got any further away. The earth tilts as it rotates. We, have, we can tell our seasons, summer, winter, spring, fall, all that. That, that's not man-made. Man, that baffles me. When you, when you contemplate, well, did everything start from a big bang? You think of that. <laughs> that. That didn't happen from a big bang. And we think about all the people that are on the face of the earth and that have been on the face of the earth, and not one of us are the same. We, 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 even my daughters, my wife, we, all, you know, we, they come from us, but they, hey, we're not the same. They, they act like us sometimes and you know, got our main, but still, totally think differently, right? We're all different. And that, that just doesn't happen from a big bang. That doesn't happen from two atoms exploding. Yeah, that doesn't happen. So anyway, that's not my lesson. Anyway, back to the hours because it's constant and it's so precious. Time, time is precious. Amen. We're only here for a moment. And, and, and you look at someone who's up in age, they're 70, 80, 90 years old and Oh, man, that's so old. And you just think and look at some of these graves, some graves next door. They've probably been there since the 1700s, 1800s. And we're thinking, man, they've been in the grave for a long time. Time is like, really like that. But what do we do with this precious time that we have been blessed with? And are we showing the gratitude that we should with the time that we have? So 168 hours in a week. So this thing. If you spent 9.7 hours sleeping per night, and that's like if you went to bed at 9 and what, got up at 7? I mean, that's, I mean, sound sleep. Y'all know y'all don't sleep like that. It'd be great if we got 9, almost 10 hours of sleep every night, right? But just hypothetically saying. So if you got 9 hours of sleep per night, that's 68 hours per week, which leaves you with 100 hours. Now, say if you work 50 hours a week. Now, you know you always get to work about 15 minutes late. <laughs> now, you know on a 30-minute lunch, you take about an hour and a half. And then you leave about 10 minutes early, right? 
the reality is you're not really working 40 hours a week. But let's say hypothetically, <laughs> some of us, you know, working 50 hours a week. You diligently work 50 hours a week. You have 50 hours remaining in a week. And then you decide to go home and watch three hours of TV. Three of your favorite shows, right? Every night. 21 hours a week. You still have 29 hours left in a week. And then you exercise. Because you know you got to get fit, right? Everybody, you know, you need, we're going to exercise. So one hour exercise, seven hours of exercise per week leaves you 22 hours in a week. And then you relax. You know, you did all this work and then work, you know, worked at work, working out, exercising. Two hours of relax per night. Then that's on top of your nine, ten hours of sleep. But you're just going to chill out for two hours. You got eight hours remaining in a day. And we talked about in Sunday school about how to study. And we always say, I ain't got enough time to study. I, I just don't have time. I just don't see how I'm going to fit it in. Eight hours remain. How much time do you have for God on the Lord's Day? Everybody know we've been, we've been, I'm not sure how, I can't remember how, exactly how many years we've been here at this location. But ever since we've been here at this location, we've had an 11 o'clock service. We've had a three o'clock service. We probably got about half, maybe a little bit over half a crowd right here now. And we know at three o'clock it's going to be half a half a crowd <laughs> at three o'clock. So, and that's not even, you know, weekend, you know, Sunday you want to relax, right? So you got all these hours that's remaining over in the week. And we talk about two hours, maybe three hours out of one day in a week. And yet you, you look back on last year and say, God has been good to me. He, he helped my, my, my kids through their sickness. He helped me get through my job. God has blessed me tremendously. That time I had my car problems and I just didn't have that in the, in the bank to get it fixed, but it got fixed and I'm okay. And he, some of you have been blessed with a new job and all these things. May have had some issues in the marriage, but you still, you're still there. And you say, well, yeah, God, God was good to me last year. And this is a new year. You know, I, if you're truly grateful, if we truly want to show our gratitude to God, why not give him back something that he has truly blessed us with? And that's time. Amen. What about your time? Can you show your gratitude with your time? Then what if we, you know, what is it, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? We're always so busy. We're always busy. Our kids, they say they're busy with school, homework. We got track and we got basketball, football, all these things. And I don't have time to study. I, I'm Tired at work, I, you know, my, I always have to watch out for my kids, got to get them ready in the morning, all these things. But I don't have time to show God that I appreciate him. Something, something ain't right there. Amen. But if we profit this whole world, it does our soul no good. Your obedience to God is an act of gratitude for his gift of grace. God's grace is, is so awesome. And the least we can do is show our obedience. And that obedience is part of this. He tells us to 
to, to get together together on the first day of the week. There's four things that we need to partake of on the first day of the week. You're here now, thankful. Thankfully you are. But I'm telling you, that there's going to be some others that are still here at 3 o'clock. Some that are not here right now that will be back here at 3 o'clock because they're going to be looking to worship our Father in spirit and in truth. And they need you to help admonish them. But your time may be too precious that you need to go and just relax a little bit extra for the rest of the day. But God said, well, two or three are gathered. But Jesus said, well, two or three are gathered together in his name. He'll be here as well. So if you're truly grateful for all that he has done for us, that's is that the least that we can do is spend one extra hour to worship our father. One extra hour to help someone else that is struggling alone. Is that a show of gratitude or what? James four and six. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Now, it does require us to humble us. Of course, we would all like to be sitting on the couch right now, just relaxing, watching TV, getting up to get us a drink of water, what have you, and just relax. But being here actually requires a little bit of humility on your side as well, saying that I'm going to get myself out of the way. I know that I, I could be doing so. I could be sitting at the park enjoying the sunlight and all that right now. But the least I can do is show God that I appreciate him, that I, he is more than worthy of my worship, that he is more than worthy of me raising my voice and singing praises unto him for at least a couple of hours on one day out of the week. Amen. So, uh, so God opposes the proud. We're going to have to humble, humble ourselves. 2 Corinthians 6, verses 1 and 2. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. God has indeed showed favor unto us, without a doubt. But we must also show him something as well. And that is a show of our gratitude towards him, that we are thankful, that we are grateful for his blessings. Now, we can't keep slapping God in the face and saying, you know what, I don't have time for you. In essence, that's what we're doing. When you say, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm going to do better. I'm going to study better. I'm going to uh, show up to worship on time. I'm even going to sacrifice and start showing up for Sunday school. Yeah, you do. You say that and then you don't. Well, that's just another slap in the face for God, because really that time is his time. And we don't set aside our time for that. First Peter chapter 3, 18 and, uh, through 21. For Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. To those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah, while the ark was being built, in it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of the dirt from the body, but a pledge of a clear conscience towards God. 
It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, some of you may be here today that uh, you say that I, I, I am so thankful to God that I, uh, you know, I believe that he is who he is and uh, he's the head of my life, but you have not truly obeyed. And maybe someone here today that uh, is a part of a denominational uh, church. Well, God only built, Jesus only built one church. Amen. And you can read that in Matthew 16, 18, is that foundation. The other uh, passages, uh, Ephesians 4 and 4 and Colossians. But in order to show gratitude, to say, well, you know, I, I believe this thing. I believe that all of this didn't just happen from a big bang, that God actually created heaven and earth. I believe that he created mankind. And you say, well, you know, I, I believe in the Old Testament when, you know, they were given uh, bulls and fatted calves and all these things. And that wasn't enough that Jesus had to be the Messiah. And that was foretold in the Old Testament and came to fruition in the new that Jesus Christ is the son of God that was sent to this earth to die for our sins, for our sake, that if we believe in him and obey him, that we can have right to eternal life. And you say, well, I believe all that, but I, I, I was baptized over in, in the Baptist church or the Methodist church or what have you. Well, if God only, if Jesus only built one church and that church was not the Methodist church, but it was the church of Christ, mm -hmm. then you can't get baptized somewhere else and believe that everything is okay. Amen. Now, God only put salvation in his one church and that's what he's coming back for. Now, if you find yourself in that boat, you know, this is the prime example of saying that it's not, it, it, it doesn't clean your body. I mean, that's what, not what baptism is about, but it's for a good conscience towards God. Now, that's part of showing that gratitude that, yeah, I believe it all and I, Lord, I am so grateful for this avenue of salvation. Well, we have a baptismal pool right here. The water's warm. We don't put it off for a certain Sunday. We don't uh, say, let's get a, a certain amount of people here. Even if it's a Monday night, Wednesday night, four o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the afternoon, it doesn't matter because baptism is so essential to salvation that we are ready to baptize now because it actually saves your soul. Uh, and that is one show of gratitude. So I do ask if, if you are here today and, and, and you have not given your life over to Christ, that is one of the that is the most important thing <laughs> that you can do is give your life over to Christ. And that is through baptism. Um, there are other steps, of course, you know, you must hear God's word and you say, well, I have heard and, and I believe God's word and all these things. And like I said, you know, it must be a confession that Jesus Christ is the son of God uh, and then also baptism. But you also must live faithful unto death. Uh, but we have so much that we need to do. Uh, you find yourself that, OK, I have done all those things, but I know that uh, I am not showing the gratitude that I should. Well, that's what we're here for as well. Part of that admonishing one another is also praying for one another. You can't do it alone. God, God didn't set this thing up for you to be alone. God didn't set this thing up for me to be alone. I'm, I thank God that I'm not sitting here right now by myself, but you are here. 
And this is all a part of it, that we must study his word, that we must admonish one another, that we must encourage one another. Each time I get up here, get the opportunity is really to encourage us and not only to encourage you, but encourage myself as well. You know, life is not easy. Life is life. This is not heaven. This is not meant to be heaven. We're always going to go through things in this life. But as we go through, we must be renewed. Our spirit must be renewed as we go, that we have help along the way. And we must be grateful for the help that God gives us. We have to be grateful. We have to show that gratitude because in showing that gratitude really is helping you out in the long run as well. So I ask at this time, and, and uh, you know, my message is, is, I hope is plain and clear. It's no need of dragging things out, but we need to do better. Now, you're not here by chance. If you're here visiting, you just pass by, you're not here by chance. If you're a member here, you're not here just by chance. God, it says, you know, God is, is looking for those to worship him in spirit and in truth. And actually that's, he's looking for us. He's looking for you to worship him in spirit and in truth. It's a sad thing when he's looking for you and you're not even there. We're always looking for him. We're always looking for him, for him to help us out. Every time we're in need, every time we find ourselves in despair, we pray, God, please, please help me. We get in an accident, Lord, please help me. Our kids, Lord, please watch after our kids. But he's looking for you. He's looking for us to worship him. And if you find yourself, you know that you're not doing as good as you should. Today is a start. Today is a, a brand new we even mark, and that's, that's another thing. I mean, we, we, we even uh, uh, have our time based off Jesus Christ himself. You know, I think they've changed it now. I think it's, it's, they've changed it from A.D., which is after, after death, after Christ's death, and B.C., before Christ. I think that the world has even changed that now. But that's what our time is. We, this is 2020 A.D., after Christ's death. So we put all that reverence on it. So if we if we even do our time that way, I mean, why can't we give him more of our time? We have time. You have time. So if, if you find yourself that you're not doing what you should, that you know you can do better, let's start today. Let's start with the time that he has blessed us with today. So as we stand uh, and sing our song, if you like to, uh, have prayer. If you'd like for us to pray for you, now is that opportunity to make your petitions known. If you'd like to give your life over to Christ, now is that time. Don't, don't hold on to the, don't let Satan win today. Amen. Don't let him say, well, you know what, maybe next time or, or, or maybe such and such beside me, they, they may say something. Don't let Satan win today. That's just a tactic of Satan. Just as Christ is here, Satan is going to be here too. <laughs> He's going to be on you. He was riding you on the way in. He'll ride you on the way out. But God has given you time right here today, and it's not by chance. It's not just by opportunity, but God has blessed you with this time to get things right with him. If you have found yourself in sin, that you have sinned, repent of those sins, which means to change. If you have done something that you should not have, then repent. Change of that. Do better. If you have not given God the time that you should, do better. Start today.
This is my prayer. This is what I ask of you. Please stand.